So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this June 4th, 2013 episode of Everyday Connection. I'm still Rico Shields, and off to the north, to the left, to the over there, we have Jean Victoria Norlock and Shauna Lovely. Good evening, ladies. Hello. Hello. How y'all doing? How are y'all? Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't I know what she's doing, but I'm tired. I hear y'all have had a big day. That's good. And yeah. Shauna became the butterfly whisperer. This is, that was your finger with the butterfly, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I found it in my in my greenhouse room and uh, decided to stay on my finger and Madison's finger for oh, the whole evening. <laughs> and uh, we had things to do, so I had to put it outside. Uh, along with our pink moths, which uh, you haven't seen, but I'll, I'll have to post that. We found a couple of pink and white moths. They're called uh, rosy maple moths, and they're really pretty and fuzzy and unique and um, totally the mountain home. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah we, uh, we keep finding finding and discovering new things. It's really fun. Spring here is fun, i got to say. I'm, I'm enjoying even... Going out to get the garbage can is exciting, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I go out to get the garbage can, and I look up, and, oh, new flowers. Even the dead things are exciting. Yeah. yeah that big green moth. I know. We found it was, like, half the size of our hand. And it's, it's like this, um, what's, what color green is that? Uh, like seafoam green? Seafoam no. Seafoam green. It's paler. It's maybe, like, a mint green. Yeah. Like but the body was gone. The head was there. The, the legs were there, and the fuzzy antenna were there. And it had some pink on it, on the mm-hmm. body, but the the wings were like a mint green and really pale, and it was just, it's just a beautiful, I'd love to see one alive. And if it's here, um, yep, I'm sure you, know, you probably if, will. If the body's here, there's probably a few live ones coming, so that's exciting. Yeah. I found a squished caterpillar, too. A fuzzy black and orange caterpillar that wasn't actually squished to guts, but it was just flattened in the rock. Oh. Yeah, I felt like that. But then I was like, cool, the corpses are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like zombies and brains and stuff. Like those candies we saw today. A bag full of brains candy. <laughs> oh, never a dull moment. Never, never a dull moment. <laughs> I'm just gonna sip my tea. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
came and I don't even know where to go from there because it's got to be. Well, it's got to be fun. The spring thing with the new flowers and this and that because you and Shauna are really, I, I suppose, the whole crew except maybe Pascal. You know, are, are seeing all that for the first time. Um, I don't even think Pascal's ever seen this in its entirety in spring. Um, like he's never seen the progression. Yeah, he's seen it in various it. stages, but he's never spent long periods of time here during any given season. So, yeah, it, it's new for all of us. And it, it, I think it's kind of cool for him, especially because he's gone all week and then he comes back and there's all this new stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it, The grounds change drastically from week to week. So it's probably fascinating as hell to come home and go, wow. Well, and he goes back into his memory sometimes trying to remember like the names of the butterflies or the birds and so he used to know all the calls of everything. So that's got to be fun. But we kept Grandma's, all Grandma's nature books. Um, Shauna and I thought about it and decided that if we're going to learn French, mm-hmm. then if um, we have all of Grandma's French nature books with all the names of the plants and the birds and everything in French, then we're going to have to learn it because we're going to have to translate it into English to figure out what the hell it is. The uh, hell we're looking so. at, yeah. Well, yeah, that's cool, though. Exactly. At least you've got some field guides. So. And she'll be back in a second. She's just choking on her teeth. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Hello. I was going to say, you know, this is it's a, it's a wonderful subject, but no need to get all choked up. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear me coughing? I ran. I tried. And here's a fun fact. I don't know if you noticed this while I ran away. I had my arms up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it, it's, uh, it automatically opens your ribs and your lungs unless you breathe. And if you have liquid caught in your throat, it goes right down your tube. But it, it was kind of like the Home Alone thing. You know, the kid running. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so that, that was entertaining, too. I'm back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, things are going well. We, we've gotten a lot done. Shona's been bust her butt trying to get her room done and um, set up our garden area today so that we actually know where our pots and our gardening tools and our soil and all that stuff is so that we're not trying to find it all over the house because stuff still keeps arriving at the house and it ends up in random rooms. So <laughs> that's yeah. not The abundance um, is not done yet. It just keeps coming. No. No, but we need spots for these things so that we can keep them organized. We're not always looking for them. But, yeah, um, it's it's been good. It's been good so far. Coming along. It is. Awesome. It is. Awesome. Well, things are cool down here. And how's it on? Well, I'm recovering from a uh, weekend trip, kind of like, you know, y'all were, I guess, last week. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's amazing to me. You want to talk about confirmation of this whatever it is in Costa Rica that works for my vibration. I three and a half hours up to Kerrville on Friday. Then I was there Saturday. I took a long nap Saturday. Well, only an hour, but I mean, I went back to the hotel, did some work for EC and then rested for about an hour and back to dad's and then three and a half hours back home on Sunday. And I mean, I, I was just about paralyzed Sunday night after I rested just a bit, but I had to get up and go get Molly. So I managed, but my right leg just didn't want to function at all. And what, our first full day in Costa Rica, I sat in the driver's seat of a Suzuki Gemini for like almost eight hours, Jane. 
Yeah, the difference being that the car you took to Kerrville, you use cruise control most of the way, and it's an automatic, and the, the Jimny is a standard. Um, right. And, and, and Without cruise control, with no cruise control. But three and a half hours. And a lot of slap control. Yeah, yeah, with, you know, my foot jammed on the brake and the uh, clutch. And it just really didn't seem to bother me. I trotted upstairs and back down to the villa and back up to the rancho, did a show, back down to the villa. Eh, no big deal. So Yeah, we were unpacked and ready to do a show within 20 minutes. There was a lot of running. Um, yeah. And so... So, it, it, it again, my little scientific mind that I, you know, grew up the math science, gee whiz kid and all that, not a clue. Not the first clue. Just doesn't even pass the goofball test. But it is. I've been there. Done it. I took a witness just so I could, you know, really, come on, James, tell them. It was like that. Somebody yeah, it was. Take pictures. It was. And no, it was. And I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to. Blow smoke up anyone's ass, you know that, and say, "Ah, you're delusional," <laughs> right? Um, or you know, or tell you something so when it's not so. But what I witnessed there was absolutely astounding because the Ricks that I work with every day that you know we have to accommodate for some of your inabilities to move, and and some days you're just totally too tired. But you know, you were there and you were doing stuff that I didn't think I'd ever see you doing. So. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to go back and do more of it. Yeah, and Who it's knows cool. What I, do. I think it's it's really cool that um, you got that confirmation just this past week and a month away from your trip. Yeah, yeah. Soon. Soon. I have to figure out how to get rid of all this junk. I, I mean all these belongings. Ah, there you go. Anybody needing stuff, hit Rick up. Yeah, He's Houston got folks stuff. need stuff. I got stuff. You need stuff? I got stuff. I got, whoa, I got worlds of stuff. And I ain't taking worlds of stuff. It's expensive. I got to ship it. So. Yeah. So anybody who is lacking in stuff, go see Rick. There you go. <laughs> or Nikki. Fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The stuff right, just keeps coming there right up there. Right. Or, <laughs> let's not get on that subject. Let's let's invite our guest in instead. <laughs> okay. Well, we're very excited tonight because uh, we had a show where Robert and Carrie, we're here together, and uh, Robert's been with us on numerous occasions, and that was our first time to meet Carrie, and we found her so interesting, that, and, and she does so many things, uh, that we had to have her back. So, welcome back, Carrie Burns. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. So glad you Hello. were able to be with us on short notice. This is one of Thank those, you. the schedule's weird weeks, and... Carrie jumped right up to the plate. Yay. That's right. <laughs> Always ready to go. <laughs> Love people. Awesome. And I'm by the way, I'm very happy to hear that you are feeling better and that you're having this miraculous transformation physically down there, Rick. That's awesome. That's uh, amazing. And uh, uh, so there was something to it. You know, they used to do that, I guess, in the British Empire and stuff. Doctors would, you know, all right, you got to go to Egypt or you got to go to... And, and they would send them someplace near the equator that was warm and that'd be better. It works? Works for me. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'd guarantee it for anybody else, but, you know, if your heart's tugging at you to go somewhere, get 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 the gone. Go. <laughs> Mine's always tugging at me to either go back to California or down to Florida. 
Uh, also Where are you now? Overpowered. I am in the wilds of Connecticut in the mountains. Oh. Yep, not it's beautiful. So then why not go back? What? What's, what's, what's the battle? The battle. The um, well, <laughs> I'm kind of split between <laughs> Maine and Connecticut. My boyfriend lives in Maine, and I'm in Connecticut right now working. So. Mm. Love, sweet love. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, honey, I'd ask you who on earth are you and what do you do, but I think we did that to you last time. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's see. Um, I'm thinking about how... You know, you know, we talked last time about um, that it's not really testable, you know, psychic gifts for people. And I've always kind of wondered, you know, how they can say that when if you actually put it to the test, you can come up with percentages and things like that. And I was actually going to ask if you guys have ever either had experiences with the types of tests that they do or know anyone who has the ones that they actually do in, like, the labs and things, if you know about those. Nope. Nope. I've seen, you know, I mean, I know what they are. I've never done one or, or known somebody that's done one, really. But the, the cards with, the like, the star, the circle, the bars, the mm-hmm. it's a standard deck, isn't it? They're, I'm sure it's named after some. they're, like, the cards or something. Yeah, I'm sure they're named after some guy that came up with them. Zener, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'd be like, what? It's a star and a square and a circle, you people. What What creativity? What are you talking about? I know. it's They They seem like they're, they're, they're relatively simple tests that, that can be devised, like I had said last time. And I never used cards for that. I would literally just sit with whomever I was testing and just imagine in my head, um, say I would take numbers, um, keep them simple, or letters, or uh, images sometimes, like shapes, colors was another good one, animals even. And you would just kind of have the person tell me, like, you know, after giving them a couple of minutes to really focus and get calm, see if they can kind of rip it out of my head. Wow, the dogs agree. I guess so. (laughs) They want to participate here. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody was fast on the mute trigger. We have to say, you know, job well done there. But go ahead. Um, but yes, but I've I've had some success with the with these testing. And when I was actually teaching some of my students or apprentices how to develop their psychic gifts, I was utilizing these tests and keeping a few records. Of course, I don't have them here with me now. They're in Maine, but I was able to get a pretty good idea of how psychic they really were and whether or not they could just have like a deep gut feeling or if they could just if something would come through really really quickly and then switch like I'd said last time like if you're focusing on a five and you were going to focus on a three before and you switched the fact that they could pick up the three before the five even if they got the five that would say that their gifts were even more um I guess they're even stronger than they realize just because you're able to get that that little bit, you know, that was just in there in the hit ethers. Right, because there's a full spectrum uh, uh, of degrees that people are aware of or can access their 
I mean, I view them as abilities everybody has, but mm-hmm. um, they're something that we've been kind of pushed away from, mm-hmm. uh, not just forgotten, but pushed away from for yes. quite some time, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so it does make for, uh, you know, a, a big blind spot in people's, you know, ability. But even so, there's... Uh, uh, People get their impressions different ways. People mm-hmm. get them to different degrees. Um, I, I suppose in a in some ideal thing, we might all get them the same way. But some people are visual. Some are audible. Some are. I I have never really seen pictures and movies much. I'm starting to lately, but um, but I would just have I would just know something mm-hmm. and and know it like. You know, not know it like, well, maybe just know it like any other fact that's been in my head my whole life. But then, you know, you ask me tomorrow, I'll be gone again. Mm-hmm. It's odd that way. <clears throat> of course, I don't know, maybe it'd get overcrowded in there. Probably, right? <laughs> and crowded all the information you already have in there. And erroneous facts. <laughs> yeah, yes. Piles and piles of trivia. <laughs> I have that problem, too. And since you were saying before about, you know, that these are abilities that everyone has and that we just have them to different degrees, I I have been frustrated in teaching people um, on occasion because I realize that not everybody can do it to the extent, like, that I I can sometimes. And, like, I had taught a bunch of my friends as a kid the minute I discovered, you know, my, you know, gifts and I took it for granted that most people could literally learn how to talk to people in their minds, you know, and do mental telepathy. And as I got older and I work with more and more people in teaching capacity, I realized that not everybody can actually access, um, I don't know, enough of whatever part of your brain or spirit that is to, to be able to do that. Or perhaps maybe they block it out because it just sounds so outlandish. But, um, I do believe yeah, that we I can gonna, all develop them. I was going to ask you, Carrie, what you what your um, perception of the reasons might be, because I don't I don't believe that there's anything that people can't do. For me, it's more of a whether it's conscious or subconscious. I would view it as something that they're not allowing themselves to do, um, because on some deep subconscious level, they feel that it's not right or they don't believe that it can be done. So they're kind of you know, stopping themselves from exercising that ability. And I'm wondering if that's ever come up in your in your testing. Well, believe it or not, a lot of the testing that I did, they were really, really successful. I think there was like one person that just wasn't getting anything when I was doing the testing, but yet they'd have gut feelings, premonitions, and things that would come true. Um, but I, I do believe that people really could be blocking themselves from the possibilities because, we'll face it, most of us are being taught that it's just nutcase territory, you know, to be able to do that. Um, other people have to fend off their religious belief system where they're saying that that's bad, that's the devil's work, etc. you know. Some people maybe are just more scientifically geared and they're just like, that doesn't make sense, perhaps. But I do think people could be blocking themselves from actually being able to do with their minds what they really are truly capable of doing. I 
Agreed. Yeah, well, I mean, that, would, that would be that would be my my understanding of it. I I any I've ever come up against something within my own journey that I I couldn't do before, but I can do now. It's been a fear issue. It's always gone back to that, back to whether or not I'm allowing myself to experience that truth fully or not. And it it always goes back to that. It goes back to first having to become consciously aware that. I'm blocking myself from learning a new skill or exploring a new truth and then working myself through the process of, of allowing. Yes. I definitely agree with that. And I have an example because you're talking about the fear. There was something that I learned how to do just a week ago and some fear came into it because it was just so surprising that it was able to happen, what I was able to do um i was i decided to try to get uh phone numbers uh telepathically by using uh my tarot cards and i'd always wanted to do that but i never really believed it was possible and because it scared me because it's almost like you know you're really just treading into forbidden territory sometimes you know and i was able to get part of it and i scared the hell out of myself because i was actually getting like the real thing and for me it was just I felt like I was breaking some sort of a barrier, you know. And a lot of times when I've had experiences psychically, say, with I have a mediumistic gift, and one of the parts of it that I do not enjoy, and I'm very open with people about, is I do not enjoy the fact that I can connect to the deceased. I've never felt comfortable with it. It's always brought me great fear um, and discomfort, even physical discomfort when it's happening. Um, always unsolicited. It was never something I tried to do, except maybe twice lately, um, in order to harness it. But whenever I would have an experience where I was getting information that was validated, um, I would just block myself from really being able to go further with it because I was, you know, kind of in a place of fear. Um, even though I'm supposed to be able to do this or else, well, it wouldn't be happening, you know. I feel exactly the same way about my psychic experiences. I get, like, really excited about the idea of being able to do certain things, and then when I am fully open to it and it happens, that's really startling. It's scary. It's like who, for one, would even believe it, who would do it with me, who um, understands, and then it's like all those questions block it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it's going through that. Why do you? What do you? Where do you think that comes from? Why are we doing that? I I don't know. Sometimes I mean I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have a. All right, we're still there. <laughs> it's okay to not know. I guess you know. <laughs> I don't. I just. I never know where, where how to answer that because I don't know where that that comes from. Like why we want to block ourselves from kind of reaching these pinnacles of, um, you know, our capabilities. I mean, this frontier, the spiritual, the mental, all of this, I mean, it's so amazing. And the fact that we are still able to tap into these things, even though we have all of our technology doing everything for us, et cetera, you know, the fact that we want to shut ourselves off from this absolutely magnificent, you know, way of being, which is the most natural thing, technically, for us to be, you know, I just, it all boggles my mind, you know. 
I think it's, when I've thought deep into it, I feel like we are still in that habit of making things more complicated than they actually are. I feel like we have, we've been telepathic for a really, really long time. We, Mm -hmm. it's, it's obvious. I mean, we could go into the explanations of it, but you don't sometimes even need to say words to know what someone's feeling or thinking. Um, and especially with those who you are really close in the heart with, not necessarily physically close with. And we talk about wanting to be able to have these capabilities and, oh, what about the days when it all happens? Well, it's here. It's happening. And I think if we just all kind of accepted that that's what's going on, um, that we we could just, like, soar. <laughs> in those areas because if it would be less of a of a scary thing if we realize it's, it's all happening now still already. Yeah, if we if we accept it as a natural progression. Yeah, like a gravity part of evolution. Gravity still existed mm-hmm, yeah. before we called it gravity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a natural part of our our growth and expansion, and, and therefore it shouldn't be scary. It should be something to celebrate. And if we could, mm-hmm. like Shauna said, switch our mindset over, kind of like a switch in our brains to go from ah to yeah then, yeah like isn't that freaking cool right and, this, and is, then, this is fantasy book shit yeah and, this is harry potter and, man yeah that's what i say all the time this is harry potter shit <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> one of my best friends you know she's she's like me and she's actually she's more powerful than i am i'll be honest she she always called people who are not you know it's the muggles in tech <laughs> you always think about that. It's like, oh, it's just so ugly. I don't know. What, what do you think about how how can we, uh, for lack of a better word, promote this? Like, like psychic awareness. <laughs> well, I, I, do you have, have you thought about that? What's your take on that? Well, I, I'm a very straightforward kind of practical-minded person, so. I'm a, you know, seeing is believing kind of a thing. And people need to see that they should embrace something by actually seeing it, you know, activated in front of them. In order to promote this, you just basically have to be like, hey, come here. Let me show you something. I mean, that's really how I, I do it. I mean, I, you know, yeah. expresses an interest. It's like, all right, let me blow your mind. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like with Reiki. It's like with the energy healing. People didn't, you know, people don't know they need it until they try it. They don't realize that, you know, this is something that's kind of like our birthright, that everyone should be able to access those types of capabilities, too, in order to help to heal and calm people and everything else. And you have to show them. You, and you don't show them when they feel great. You say, all right, what's your, he-? you know, oh, you have a headache? Okay, what level is it? It's an 11. Okay, come sit here. Let's work on you. And then you show them it can be taken from an 11 to a 2 or to become non-existent, you know? So you just have to kind of show people what they need. I'm wondering, do you always, when it comes to that place of, like, you can sense that someone could use what you have to offer, how do you go about offering that without seeming um, like like overbearing and know-it-all kind of? Um, well, you talk to them about how they, you know, are feeling, um, if they've tried, I always try to talk to people about like, you know, like say somebody's anxious. Yeah. I just try to find out if there's any type of, um, techniques that they've utilized in order to help themselves, you know, naturally. And if they are open to certain ideas, then I would kind of 
you know, let them know about that. Um, you can't just, you know, punch them in the face with it. They, it has to be kind of, you know, you know, you have to sort of slip it in and like, a, you know, it, a nice way, you know, just but, but showing, you have to kind of bring it like, oh, yeah, I've meditated before or, oh, I've done hypnosis or I've seen somebody, you know, and I want to try it. Oh, this could work. Okay, I've heard of that. They did it on my mother in the hospital. You know, you never know. So you just kind of have to just feel them out, I guess you would say, in order to well, reach to offer their help. Wouldn't that be where that intuitive, natural intuitive place that you kind of live in all the time anyways, um, wouldn't that be where you would rely on that the most? Um, you know, I mean, because you would know interacting with somebody, I would think, whether or not they're open to it or not, you would, you would feel it. You can most of the time, but there have been times when you couldn't feel it and you're quite shocked that the person would be open. Like, you intuitively know what could help them in that moment, but you don't, you can't tell if they're open to it. Sometimes that can happen, too, I'll be honest. Have you had experiences where you've, like, been totally shut down and someone has completely rejected your um, your your truth and your advice? Of course. <laughs> what do you do, then what do you, how do you react to that? I'm, because I don't know, as, as someone who, uh, who's, is is pretty intuitive myself. I've had those experiences, and it's like, it's pretty. You f- I feel shut down, and and how do you come back from that? For you, well, you trust that this is that they're not ready for it, or it's not right for their path. You just come from a place of unconditional love and acceptance, and you know, you just kind of step back and say, okay, if this isn't right for you, then I'm sure that there is a, another way that will help you that you'll be able to find. I mean. You can't take it personally. I've had moments where it does shut me down, and, like, I'll feel, especially if I know it really, really could help them. Like, like, like I get frustrated when people are severe anxiety cases, and they refuse to meditate, and, you know, they just want to take pills for it. And I'm like, there is a way. This uh-huh. will work. If you just try this, it will show you what you need to see, and it will help benefit you without having to take medicine. You know, and it, it frustrates me because I do get shut down for that one, but, you know, but you just have to say, well, then that's okay. Then that's, you know, whatever is best for you, and I accept whatever you're going to choose. Do you have techniques to detach yourself from your your clients or your friends or um, just people that you've offered your psychic advice to that's and, and not feel responsible for themselves? That That is an interesting question, and that is something I have been struggling with as of late. I'm a very emotionally connected person, very empathic as well, and it's very hard for me to remain detached or neutral. I feel everyone's pain very deeply who comes to me or their joy or any type of emotion that radiates from them. And so when I work with people, I kind of step inside that, and it's actually very, very hard for me to remain neutral. And... Um, it does allow me to do good work for them and to be able to, you know, access all sorts of information because they're open with me and I'm feeling them deeply and connecting, you know, energetically. But, um, no, I'm not very good at being neutral, working on that or detached. (laughs) We all are then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it happens to a lot of us. You know, we care. You love people. I mean, 
I see anyone sad or anyone in any type of pain, and I mean, I feel it, and I hurt with them, and I, I want to fix it. You know, I mean, that's natural, and this, but it can lead you, you know, into pitfalls and everything in this work, and you're too attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's finding the balance between caring enough and caring about yourself enough mm-hmm. to to maintain your own center. Mm-hmm. Always, do I get in the hole with them to pull them up, or do I stand on the edge of the hole and reach down? And <laughs> what's going to be the best method for both of us? It's, uh, or you could walk huh. away from the hole and take the phone and maybe yeah. call somebody else to help pull them up with you. You never know. Call a friend. Yeah. There you go. Totally. I'll take a phone a friend, please. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, who's your friend? Uh, the the fire department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have long ladders. They do. <laughs> so now I know before um, before the show started, we had some callers lined up on the phone. Rick, are they still there? Uh, we do still have some callers. Uh, our first caller uh, actually came into chat and uh, asked me a question, and has now gone. And so I'll just I'll just remind folks that uh, live on air readings are generally not part of our show. We once in a blue moon do that, and we we make it real clear in the description beforehand. So if you're, we would love for you to stay and listen to the show. Uh, we may take some questions on the subject matter tonight uh, after the break, uh, but. Um, uh, if you're waiting for a reading, uh, we won't be doing those tonight. So sorry, but want you to know, I wouldn't want you to, you know, hang out for, you know, 90 minutes that, and and then be hacked off at me because I, I, I don't need help getting people hacked off at me. I'm good at that. And here I thought he had all the bad jokes out of his system before the show. Guess not. <laughs> yeah, well, but come now. Some of those were far worse than that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I try to get all, all, my, all my stale humor out in advance, you know. <laughs> and I do, I do Nobody has... Say... Sorry, Nikki? Go ahead, Carrie. Go ahead, Carrie. I, I did want to say that I... I, I really do agree with the idea of, of not doing live on-air readings, and it's also the same feeling I have about when people go to an event and they have, like, say, a medium, and there's, like, 50 people there, and they're giving messages. I feel this work is so personal and so sacred that it, it's not a stage show. I, I've always felt so uncomfortable when I've actually gone to events like that, or I, I always feel that it's just so personal, and you just never know what's going to happen, and I would want to be alone with a person to support them if they had an emotional response. So I think it's awesome that you, you're not really doing that most of the time, having the readings like on the air. Can you talk more about that, Carrie, actually? Because I've um, I've been experiencing the same thing, uh, sort of even reflected through like the yoga experience uh, in group classes, for example. Yoga is such a deep soul experience that it it seems lost in in the in the large spaces and with uh, with a sense of dis- disconnectivity and um a loss of intimacy and i feel like that has happened uh with with the psychic nature as well even 
so far as back to like the gypsy times where fortunes were used to be were told for use of profit rather than um helping someone follow their heart so can you speak on more of that of like the industry of psychic um yes well i i do feel that um the industry i guess of psychics as you or, you know the psychic work um as a whole I feel that a lot of these events or classes and things like that, I mean, I, I know when I participated in them, I do feel sometimes once in a while that there is a sense of intimacy established. Like when I was doing my Reiki classes, they were very small when I got down to like the second level and then like the mastership. And there was like an intimacy formed there. But in a lot of the other ones, first off, it's just I feel like there is a loss of intimacy. It's like you're all doing the same thing but you're all kind of, you know, involved in, in your own growth and everything, and you're side by side with each other, but I don't feel like there's like a whole, you know, like a whole, I, I can't describe what I'm thinking, but I just can't picture it kind of as like where it's a whole, like you'd see like everything coming together. Um, as for doing this for, for profit, and, and um, I think that's what you're referring to before the gypsies and things, and, um, you know, I think, a lot of times people, it's that whole thing where they say, you know, you get what you pay for. And a lot of times, like, people, I think, don't take things seriously unless you charge. Um, when I first started out in all this, I was not planning to do psychic work at all. I was planning to do energy work. And I had such a hard time with even the concept of attaching money to doing the work at all. I fought it for years. It just felt something intrinsically felt wrong. And the more people that I taught and the more people that I worked along with, the more I realized that no matter how much I tried to teach my students, they were still not able to do some of the things that I was capable of showing to them in class. And that was when I started to say, because you're gifting people with this knowledge and the information that you can gather through your gifts um, and the work you could do through your hands, that channeled energy, it's, it is, you know, people do consider it worth more because you're charging for it. And money is, well, a wise person, my guide, taught me money is a means of, you know, exchanging love. And it's about love and service. And so the entire industry, I think, is about love and service. Well, and there's so there's so many ways to look at it. You know, I mean, the you get what you pay for metaphor you know you can call a you know two dollars a minute psychic line mm -hmm. or you can uh most of the practitioners that i know that i that i trust that i have that i can feel are you know on the up and up so to speak um they charge and they charge significantly more than that but they also don't advertise they don't you know they don't have big blinking banners all over the internet of you know we'll save you from doom uh, you know, mm -hmm. or, or any of that kind of stuff, and right. and and a couple of the channels that I know, uh, uh, I have been to some of their uh, either teleclasses or live groups, and I've also there there's some that I've also had private sessions with, and they're very different. Uh, their group and and public type sessions tend to be even if somebody asks a question. The answer tends to be pretty broadly applicable to like everybody, mm. and uh, whereas they can get really laser accurate with 
a one-on-one reading, but it's it's almost like it gets tempered to fit everybody, and there's just mm-hmm. subjects where you can't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Where did my uncle put the will? Doesn't fall into that category. And when is my boyfriend right. coming? Doesn't fall into that. The boyfriend and dead relative questions, as we call them, you know. Right. Those are and, the uh, ones that always come. And, uh, uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, Veronica Torres, for example, that was just like, she said that was like the all she got the first year or two that she did it as far as questions from the field. And uh, then those pretty much went away because I find that really good answers to those are not very satisfying. I find them to be accurate but not satisfying to the people asking the question. They want, you know, yes, on March 27th, a guy named Bob, you know. Yeah, I I agree. I get those often. um, And I was actually dating coaching along with the psychic readings on the relationship so you're able to tap into what's coming as well as you know all the different aspects of like the people involved and everything else and I just find like you know they do what people really really want and this is awful but it's true is they want to hear the answer they want to hear I mean and it's hard because I'm there to show them the truth and it hurts me when they're hurting when they're not getting what they want um but, I mean, sometimes it also shows them, at least the readings that I do, they tend to show them all of the things that need to be worked on, and they can even show you ways to facilitate growing a healthy relationship, you know, at the same time. And then people do come for the um, the dead relatives and, and things. And, you know, I try, as I said before, I try not to touch those too often. Once in a while, I'm able to get a message, like if I actually go out of my way to do it. I did that at a psychic fair the other day. Um, And I was able to get a message for the person. And the funny part was I think that the person's um, deceased relative was actually helping with the reading in the first place because the first part of the reading, those were the same cards that showed up later. And the way I do my readings, I can't see what cards are. They're all flipped over. So I can't see what they are. And my guides taught me not to memorize them either. So I have no idea what, you know, each time and they tell me how to cut the deck in different ways so I'll hear like a string of commands like you know cut it in three take the first three cards off of this part of the deck take you know count two in then in this one you know etc and then you know split this in half etc so it gets very complicated and it's different every time and so when I saw that um, you know that did let me know that um, it was a good idea to be kind of trying to reach for those answers to help these people, you know, when they do come and ask for uh, messages from their deceased loved ones to let them know that they're okay and things. How did that that start coming to you? Because you mentioned first that you got into Reiki and energy healing and then the psychic part of it came after. So can you speak a bit about that experience? Well, actually, um, that part came first when I was a kid. This aspect of doing this at all, I was going to be an energy healer, and I wanted a Reiki center. My dream was to just have a Reiki center and to have a couple of Reiki masters work on one person at a time. I still might have that dream in the back of my mind. Um, I discovered my gifts through um, some strange circumstances when I was 15. The first time I experienced telepathy was the night of the Northridge earthquake um, in California in, uh, what was it, 1994. Um, 
I was sitting up at about 2.30 in the morning. I was either writing poetry or just writing a story or something. And I had my cassette tapes piled up like 30 feet, not 30 feet, sorry, like 30 tapes high or something in a couple piles. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard this voice say very conversationally, you might want to move your tapes to a lower spot. And I just like froze and sat there and was like, what in God's name was that? And I'm like, I must be wicked overtired. Uh, I'm going to bed. And we ended up having the earthquake at 4.31 in the morning, and everything was shaking, and I was terrified out of my mind. And it's funny because the tapes were still standing after the earthquake, which I have no idea how that happened. But, um, but that was the first time I experienced telepathy, and it was unsolicited. It wasn't me trying. The next time I experienced it was kind of through dreams because I met somebody, and they basically sparked my gifts like really sparked them. I met them, and within days, I was writing stories that were coming true. I was connecting with the person in dreams. Um, and then I was literally moving to California where they lived just weeks later. Like all of this stuff happened, and everyone who came into my life after that that I was close to, they all seemed to be telepaths, like my closest friends. It just, in each, and, and so it was very, it was very powerful. So I just started you know, developing the telepathy and then the astral projection and then the um, the energy healing came when I was 18. A couple of years later, I my friend was not feeling well. I think she had a headache. And I just it just occurred to me that I should rub my hands together and say my hands are teeming with healing energy over and over. And I concentrated it till I created, well, an energy ball. And I could feel it pulsating in between my hands. And it was just this natural thing I was doing without even thinking and then I laid my hands on her head, and I took her headache away. And I remember it was a really profound moment. I got the headache, and I was sick afterwards, but I realized something was really going on. <laughs> That's the thing. Exactly. It's like, wait a minute, I'm, something's not right here. So when I discovered Reiki, I realized, oh, that doesn't have to happen. <laughs> it's like, now when I lay my hands on somebody, I know I ain't getting the headache. So thank God for that. Um, small favors, but... But that's you know how I learned how which is, to which is good, it. or it would never be safe to work on people with cancer and things. Oh, why not? <sighs> you think about that, right? Imagine if I tried to work on people with cancer back then, when I just discovered what I was doing, and I might have just kind of at least developed some sympathy, you know, pains and things. But but that's you know basically how I had discovered. It. I discovered it, it. Just I can't even describe why. I mean, I'm still searching. Because I want to, I want to talk to that person. I don't want to say any of this stuff like really out loud on the radio. But um, <laughs> I've met them a couple of times. But I want to talk to them face to face again and be like, I don't understand why when I met you, all of a sudden I could read people's minds. Like I don't understand this, and I don't think you how understand long this. Was it? <laughs> huh? Was this experience? How long ago was this experience with this person? Um, nineteen. If that's okay to ask. Um, well, I met them in 93, um, and I developed my gifts, well, right, right after that, like literally with full of 93. I'm gonna oh, so you still contact them? No, no, so, no. I only met them a couple of times. Okay. So this person was a catalyst for your gift, but they did not stick around for long. Well, no, I never had a chance to know them. The problem was they were in the public eye. Catalysts do that. They sort of pop in and pop out. Exactly. 
exactly. It was it was quite bizarre. And the interesting thing is, and this will be in the blog too. I'm going to write a whole thing about everything that had to do with the situation would always happen on the seventh or the seventeenth. Like I met him on April seventh, um, saw him again on the seventeenth, met him again on the seventeenth. Uh, he followed me on Twitter on like the seventh, the same day my book was published a couple of years ago. All these things, and there was like hundreds more. Um, but it was just people talk about past lives. They talk about um, twin flames and all those kind of things. And I do believe it was somebody in like a, I guess your soul group. I guess you would call it. Um, I can't. I don't have any other explanation because to me it's always just been it's been the biggest mystery of all the work I've done for the past 20 years every day. That sounds fun. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> People are like, why did you start? You know, and I'm like, uh, I don't really know. It just happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, I didn't We're giggling, honey, because we both had um, intense experience with catalysts who have come in and then gone away, like just in and gone. And um, and you're spending time going, why, why, why did you go away? Where did you, why did you even come? <laughs> what was that all about? Couldn't you like um, stick around so, and explain this crap? What? Did, did, where's the manual? Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. person doesn't even know that yeah. they have no idea. Like out in real life, they don't discuss no idea. Things or you know they're not. I think they're they're just they're Christian. I don't even think they're open to these things out in the you know the practical real world. And you know it's just just it just doesn't make sense. It's never made sense. But um, yeah, mine is a Christian spiritual leader now, and okay. so it's not even up for discussion. <laughs> I know. And Sean is whispering that hers is a psychopath, but <laughs> well, but um. It, it, it's like somebody that's a carrier for a for a virus or something. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't get sick. They don't have the symptoms. They don't nothing. But they can give it to everybody else. And I don't, I don't mean it in a negative way, but you know, uh, they're a carrier for a one of these viruses that modifies genes or something. I don't know. But um, uh, that's a nicer way of looking at it. It is. It's just catalysts. They wander around and light fires everywhere they go, but they're freezing to death. It's weird. <laughs> they're freezing to death. Well, there's another there's another way of, of expressing it. Someone explained to me there is energy directors, energy um, generators, and I'm thinking perhaps that yeah. generated a significant amount of psychic energy without trying. And I'm an energy director. I direct energy more so than I can generate it, although everybody has both elements from what I understand. I actually met a team of of, of a team, uh, two men, a a couple of men who worked as a a dual team. And one was the generator and the other one was the one with the – the abilities, like the director, you know, the director, yeah, and and to see them together in action, and just to be around the generator when they were, it was like intense for me because I was all of a sudden stuff was popping in my head, and I was like, oh, blah, 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 and I, I could see everything, and I was understanding was ultra clear, and it was just, and they knew how they functioned together, and when they were together, they actually utilized that that connection. Wow. Um, 
but that's the only time I've ever seen that that it's with full awareness. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've never seen that with full awareness in any. And they were just two guys that were randomly pulled together, and now they're really good friends. But um, they even said there are times where they have to take breaks from each other. Like they'll take three or four days apart from each other, just not see each other or talk to each other just because they mess with each other's energetic fields. They need, when they're they need the rest. Right. Yeah, they need the rest. Um, so I know what you're talking about when you say generators. I was I was over here going, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've experienced well, it. Well, yeah, me too, because to me it makes sense as um, the left and right brain. Some are more in touch with one than the other. And right. it also makes sense in the way that Nikki's talking about it that one will fully hone one side and the other does the the other side so it's like 100% of someone's energy goes into either the left or for the other person the right and when you unite the two it's it's like threefold energy um and then it would also go on to make sense that in order for each individual in Nikki's scenario to be centered and to be their own person they have to separate from such strong opposite energies very interesting. Wow, neat. <laughs> yeah, they were really. Um, it, it was a really odd pairing. I'm not gonna lie. It was um, the tough, kind of bikerish-looking, rough dude from, oddly enough, um, uh, East Asia, and and then the other guy was this roly-poly um, Scottish, pasty white guy. <laughs> Who was like the total geek off of um, what's that show? Everyday Connection. Well, yeah. Well, you have a geek. I resemble that remark. But yeah, it was it was was such an odd pairing that you wouldn't you wouldn't think to see. Oh yeah, the guy off MythBusters. That's exactly what he looked like, actually, (laughs) except for with a little more. Yeah, totally. Um, But. With a little more. So an East padding. Asian biker and, and and a chubby Mythbusters brother. A chubby Mythbusters brother, and and the two of them together, you look at them and go, an energetic. What? what? And they were an energetic, partner perfect complement. Made in heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. It was, and they still <laughs> don't know how they met. Two terminals, you so. know, opposites, things. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. That's neat. Ah. Very cool. And on that note, speaking of cool, shall we all uh, take a break? And cool. Oh, yeah. We can do that. What are we going to do tonight? Have an hour for our own since it's almost 9 o'clock. We're almost an hour in. We're almost Holy an hour cow in. Time. Holy cow, my goodness. That's See, we must be having fun. Um, well, we've got Aquarius we haven't heard in a long time. We've got, of course, um, Earth Prayer and Firebird and but well, let's go with Aquarius. Yep, yep. That was okay. a psychic test right there. I was thinking Aquarius, and Nikki picked it up. Awesome, um, because just earlier, uh, Robert was thinking blog link, blog link, and I posted it. So, see, we're tuned in tonight. So, happening. That's happening. it. Tune in, everybody, because it's happening right here. Um, <laughs> we'll be back in just a couple of minutes, folks. Do stay with us. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. 
Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
Welcome back, everybody. That was our good friend, Jolene. Uh, you can find her at JoleneWorld.com. That's J-O-E-L-E-E-N World.com. All one, all run together that Internet kind of way. Um, and, uh, oh, yes, there you go. Right, good job in the chat room there, Robert. Um, do you want to uh, be sure and talk about your poetry as well? Because oh. we're threatening to do that for two shows now, and we keep missing it. Did you say threatening? <laughs> well, yeah, promising, threatening. Yeah, what? What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Um, yes, um, I guess, what should I say about my poetry? Um, Is it uh, an escape for you from the... Um, you know, the whole psychic thing and all of that? Is it just part of the continuum? Is it... Uh, how does it fit in to the puzzle how does it, scary? How does it fit in? Uh, well, the poetry preceded the psychic. Um, it's the way I express myself. It's really the way I process feelings um, about everything or anything. And um, it actually... Sometimes I think... Because of the psychic experiences I've had, it does enhance the poetry. I've I've had where I would have dreams where I would actually the entire poem would come to me, and I've woken up feverishly scribbling it down. So like it's like the muses are talking a little bit more you know strongly to me because of I guess the work that I do, and of course it opens me up to writing some pretty interesting poetry. Sometimes touching on the subjects of my psychic experience. Cool. That reminds me of some of Jean's mad writing. She's got <laughs> mad writing skills, baby. I have mad. What? What? No, it's not me. It's all George. I just, I'm just a pen. And it's, you know, it. I can't say that because I'm not going to say I don't color. My experiences don't color my work. Um, that would be an outright lie. And I have yet to meet an honest channel who won't just come out and say, yeah, you know, my perceptions and experiences do color the way that I deliver sometimes the messages. Um, so, but sometimes it just comes and you got to write it down and that's that. Like, you know, it, it just, I haven't had that in a while, but there have been times in the past where it's like, okay, sit down and write uh, the book now. It hasn't been very long ago that you've had perhaps shorter things that, You've had the I gotta write it right now thing. So I've been on the yeah. Skype. I've been yeah. on the Skype with you, and I keep talking, and 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 like about every ninety seconds, I have to go right. <clears throat> Listen, I love you. <laughs> I have to go right now, and and you know if you if you stay on with her very long, she'll just chop you off at the knees and hang up on you. <laughs> gotta go right. It's there. It's coming. Look out. You can't lose it. You got to carry around like a little, a little paper with you, or like a little recorder or something, to make sure you don't lose the uh, inspiration. iPhone, iPhone has no pad. <laughs> That's where all mine go down. I've started rapping recently, and, uh, and oh my, good, yeah, good. <laughs> I'm gonna one of my one of my things that I'm like really going to be focusing on when she's here full time is getting her to memorizing some of her stuff so we can get her doing spoken word because I 
She but, blew me away. But it blew me stuff. away because I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> I mean, I know I grew up in the ghetto and all, but I didn't know I had it in me. But it's in me and it's coming out. And it's um, it's it's it all it's it's coming. It's one of those things like I was saying. It's just I got I got to do it now, right now, right now. And I've got um, uh, whiteboard markers I write all over my windows if something comes. Uh, or or yeah, on my on my iPhone, that's the best thing for me. <laughs> and you'll have lots of windows to write on. Yes. When you, when you now my room is full of windows. Yeah, her window is all. Her room is actually all windows. There's yeah. Very few walls in her room. Living in the in the greenhouse. It's yeah. Made for somebody that takes window notes. Window notes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that one. Shauna doesn't use a She uses she uses windows. <clears throat> <laughs> Windows 2013. That was, that was, that was, there you go. All right, honey, um, will you do us, or give us the pleasure of reading us one of your poems? Since, you know, we're here and stuff about them in both shows, and we have yet to have heard a poem. Sure, um. I'm going to read, I have it up here on my screen, one I wrote a couple years ago called Birds. Um, It actually got published in some anthology that I can't remember the name of anymore. Um, But it was, I felt really honored to have that. Okay. I dreamed of birds, silken black and pearl white, floating and fluttering, waving wings with wide feathers like fronds of a tree. They ate of me reflected in eyes that could see only shadows, knowing a greater truth, wishing to share it, landed on me, breathing in whispers, notes of song like drops on a rose, sent by the essence who fills all things. They weaved stories in their nests, tangles of rough words that grated along with twigs. I listened to them and wept when they were gone. Now their stories are finished, but their feathers remain. A reminder that the greatest story is yet to be told. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was me snapping. She's giving you snap applause. Snaps. That was beautiful. Thank you. It was really beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. So, and you, you, sorry, you have how many? poetry books out. You have just the one out now or you have a few couple? I have just one so far and uh Robert is finishing um publishing the second one. Um and that's that's pretty much it so far. Plug it, what's it called? Um the new one is going to be called um I'm sorry, why do I keep forgetting? <laughs> um I'm sorry, why do I keep forgetting that sounds lovely. Is it, the second one's going to be called One Day It'll Be a Story. Cool. And the first one. And the one that's, that's out now? Uh, Eternity of Wishes. So. Eternity of Wishes. Lovely. That sounds pretty. And they yeah. can get it at your your website. They can go to your website and be able to order your books. Well, my website's brand new, so actually you can just go to Amazon. <laughs> Cool. Yep. It's always good to tell our podcast listeners because 
most of our listeners are actually podcast listeners, so it's it's good to be able to spell it out for them so that they can actually... A M A Z O N. Where's the drum button? Come on, Rick, and I'm Oh, it's all good. <laughs> the bullshit button. Uh, downstairs. Oh, we gotta get that, or at least write some poetry. Absolutely. All right, Terry, did you bring anything else with you, poetry-wise? Let's. I've got something else I can read. Um, this one is cool. longer. Um. It's called, oh, okay, uh, it's called Mystic at World's End. It's it's kind of like, almost like Stream of Consciousness, but not exactly. Um, and it's basically just kind of, it's like an apocalyptic kind of a situation. Um, Ooh, so, zombies. <laughs> no, no zombies in this. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. Um, <laughs> All right. You guys are funny. All right. So, mystic at world's end. All ends. I wait. A cloak of mystery cast about my shoulders, tiny and wizened, on the inside a bear with brutish strength and brutal claw. Green fire beams from my small frame, snaking around the lone traveler who holds up a hand to cover an eye. Why do they seek me? Why him? My wisdom is not for faint-hearted fools. You must have come very far to see this old mystic, tired seeker of truth sealed, quietly witnessing the great paroxysms of Gaia. The Laplands are falling into disarray. Bolts and knots of space-time are breaking, and stars litter the ground, dirt that reeks of sulfur, pools of light, frosting a mud cake. My dear traveler, you seek a refuge that doesn't exist. Here it is less safe. Here you will learn to hate knowledge. When you discover it can't save you. Atlantean wanderer, wayfarer fair, your beauty can't hide your pain at my words. Sit. I only have tea to give you. Tea with cherries, rose petals, and chamomile for calm. And soup made from leeks, potatoes, and rosemary. You will sleep like the dead here in my stone cottage. And no wolves will cry, sorry, and no wolves will cry your blood. Here the earth is shaking, rocking you until she has lulled us all to sleep. We will wait until the ships no longer flee their moorings and the sun rests his shrapnel head and cats no longer scream the agony of the lost and damned. Why do you cry on my knee, traveler? Why do you, with a soldier's gait of confidence, suddenly weep like a child? You know the future is lost, that rain no longer cleanses but defiles, you know the acid drip of defeat when an enemy slashes your weak spot. You know that breathing is not the unconscious mechanism it once was. And no, you haven't failed, dear man, even though your quest brought you to the core of evolution science and you neither moved nor swayed the lemming law. If I hold you in my withered arms and sit with you by the rolling liquid cradle of sea, will you let my broken lullaby fill your empty eyes and relieve the pressure in your warrior's heart? as we both say goodbye to the world we knew. So let go of the loss of family, of structure and civility, of the need for friends and function, and the need to know too little or too much, of the mysteries of love too short or too long. Walk into an uncertain eternity of newness and right ways of being. My traveler, well-fed and given his fill of rest and light, 
sees a dawn of impossible beauty and hope, kisses my cheek, compliments my cooking, as one would a soft old grandmother in a storybook, and thanks me for his freedom, though it was never mine to give. As he slips away, I reassemble myself into the form I know best, Adam's taking the shape of a woman just in prime, golden locks shimmering, body full of amorous promise, eyes shooting green and golden sparks, primordial rose blooming in this old forest. Another traveler will come soon, I am sure, to see this mystic, ready for my way. I cloak myself in shadows. I will wait. Effing love. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I'll just be over here being speechless. <laughs> and that's that not, was I have to tell you, Carrie, that's not easy to do, to get the word Smith speechless. It's not happened <laughs> very often on the show, but so there you go. Oh, well, I, I appreciate the compliments. So maybe one day I'll have to sing for you. <laughs> you guys are giving me all yeah. the <laughs> Oh, you just want more shows, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you write songs as well with what you sing? Yes, I do. Oh. So do we have an album coming out? Is that in, in your heart? I don't think it's my yeah. path really to do really that, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't my path to publish poetry either. That was never supposed to see the light of day, really. I was never going to publish that, but that was actually Robert's idea. He liked what I wrote, and he said, I want to publish that. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> my poetry? Uh, okay. And then I went, all right, well, okay, let's do it. You know. And then I got enthusiastic about it, and... I worked on my writing for a couple of years straight, like actually devoted time taking classes, you know, just to, because it's something I've just always done by instinct, never really thought about it. It's it's really like the muses are kind of pouring it through me, like someone's writing it through me, like when I do energy healing. Like I almost feel like it's not fair to claim credit, you know, like when I do yeah. my research, like they're driving the bus. And I feel like they're driving yeah, no, the bus through here. Totally get it. It's my second book what <laughs> um, I'm just a pen just a pen you know it's just <laughs> Shauna channels Tupac Court, and we're all good <laughs> one of the, one of the, I channel Tupac Biggie <laughs> one of the most miraculous and complex transcribing machines in the universe <laughs> ladies and yeah. gentlemen Jean um, Victoria Norlock oh transcribing machine. That's what I do. I translate um, stuff and I write it down. And well, people understand. I they understand. Um, I didn't know about the singing thing. That's a totally new um, facet of your personality and and talents. And she's a triple threat. She's a she singer, she's a, singer a, a writer, and a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we'll have to get you on the show to talk about that too, and and if for no other reason to ask you why you haven't explored that um, that element of of your journey and goodness Chicken. gracious, chickens, stay ah. right, yeah, yeah. no. So, uh, <laughs> we just talked about that the other night over wine, so we'll definitely yep. definitely. 
definitely have to have you back on the show and talk to you about that. And maybe we can figure out where the hell this stage fright thing comes from. Well, we're talking about it right now. And we don't have time. (laughs) Oh! Oh! Oh. Chakra yeah, yeah, stage fright. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So chakra stage fright. Uh, you know, a couple of healers on the on the show. We should be able to figure that one out. Maybe that'll help those well, listening. That you know, we, we have don't that have fear. we don't we don't have much time, but we do. You know, we got 15 minutes left in the show, so let's just take five minutes about this stage fright thing. Don't y'all think? <laughs> well, listen. You go on stage. You're basically going to demonstrate one of your gifts, generally, or at least one. That's what the audience hopes. Um, right. And isn't it like millennia of if you let your light shine, if you let your gifts show, you know, drowned, burned at the stake, hung, drawn and quartered, not a good idea. Right, but at at the same time, well, I understand that, Rick, and this is why I think it's going to take more than five minutes and why I'd really like to get into it, but we can just touch on it tonight. I mean, you're talking to two people who have exposed themselves on on a much... I mean, Carrie's poetry and her work, quote unquote, as a psychic healer, that that's a, a big exposure. That's a big, big step for the closet. My work author is so. How could two people who have exposed and 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 shared so much already and taken so many risks still have that one thing where they can't? Because it's singing. Is it a? Yeah, but what's the difference? It, that's what I don't because understand. It's, it we uh Nikki, you and I talked about this earlier about the Kali Yuga and how chanting is so important in this like chunk of thousands of years uh because of how thick and dense the vibration is here sound is one of the few things that can penetrate it and neutralize the vibrations and from people who are so psychic and energetic and connected to the the vibrations of everything to express themselves vocally is one of the deepest forms of expression because we know that everything is vibration and sound is what creates all matter. And so for us to to sing, we have to tune into those chakras because the notes, the vibrations come from each different one, from the root all the way up to the crown. And it can be so emotionally intense for us to sing from those places. Wow. And I mean, you look at uh, one of my uh, faves, Cryon. Uh, what what twenty some odd years of channeling, and but not until twenty twelve did they put together the Lemurian choir and sing the tones. Right. Um, sound can be a key and a lock. Sound can be extraordinarily complex messaging. You know, it it can be a lot of things and. In many ways, I think that singing is related to putting all the pieces together more so than, you know, okay, you're you're psychic, so you see things, or you, you're psychic and you hear things. You, it's, it, those are like disjointed pieces, and that the toning feels more like, okay, this is the last of it. <laughs> this, is, this will be all of it right out there on display. The, the the strongest yep. stuff we knew was sound. You could pick up gigantic blocks and build pyramids with just by vibrating them properly, and then they didn't weigh anything. And you know, yes, my heart sings to that. 
And so it was the it was it was just it was in a way the biggest secret because it was it it just there yeah. was a long time it couldn't be on the planet because it was too easily weaponized. That's yep. that's why Tesla lost control of his final stuff. Never oh, it was too easily weaponized, so they had to, you know, he his own inner self said, "Yeah, no, not yet." Mm-hmm. I know. I was I was um a, a lover of Tesla and another life. <laughs> <laughs> Or more reverence, or something. I'm not. No, I'm not going to deny it because every time she, you say the word Tesla, she melts. Like you would when you when you when you have a young couple who's freshly newly in love, and and the man has gone away for a few days, and you say the name of the man to the girl, and her eyes just light up, and her whole body just kind of melts into the. And, and I got all blushy. All blushy and really, yeah. You say Tesla to Shauna, and that's what happened. So, yeah, I mean. Air conditioning quit working, or, you know, is it hot in here all of a sudden? Yeah. It's <laughs> getting actually really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to get a medium to, like, contact Tesla, bring in Tesla, and then have him possess, like, a really hot guy. How about that? Oh, yeah. You know, because I'm just saying, you kind of really whatever, you know. <laughs> that's not a whole nother show, yeah. ladies. Gentlemen, that's a whole nother series. We'll be a mini-series coming soon, the Tesla tapes. I'm actually pretty sure I was thinking about writing a book about those kind of things, and, yeah, that would be one hell of a way to experiment with it, eh? Robert, I know you're listening, so... Uh... <laughs> Working on well, Everybody thought it was, you know, and he was. He was looking for a way to transmit electricity through the air. What he discovered was a way to transmit electricity through the earth. Like, you just have a generating station somewhere, and you just put it all into the earth. And then you want to use it somewhere, you just pick it up wherever you happen to be. And But you can also direct that stuff and, you know, level a city. So he was like, yeah, no, that's not a good idea yet. <clears throat> Somebody will use it for that. And they would have. Yeah, the, 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 the where to put it. And doesn't that maybe come back to why it's taken us so long to really embrace our psychic um, and energetic abilities? Because it's completely possible that those abilities, as they are used to heal, can also be used to hurt um, and to harm and to invade, to spy. I mean, let's face it, the Russians are like way ahead of us in the psychic game, mainly because they wanted to study it for those purposes. So on an evolutionary scale, it would be detrimental to our success as a race and to our survival to tap into these gifts and utilize them at a time when we're still fighting with one yeah. another. It's and, and again, the locks are vibrational. Now, it's not singing, but it's, you know, what's your vibrational level as a society? But still, there's, it, and, you know, well, goodness, some supreme being out there locked all this stuff away from us, huh? No, we did. <laughs> we're like, yeah, no, uh-uh, not a good idea yet. Um, we know better. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it's like when you put the cookies far down in the basement because you know better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you just do. And, and, or or them on top of the bed box where I'll get them all, you know, one or the other. <laughs> I want cookies now. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have cookies. When we're done. Me too. I have, I have chocolate in there. I I use chocolate to ground with. Steve Rother does that too. The guy that does chocolate it. cookies. Yeah, chocolate grounds me. I don't Barbecue know. Chocolate. So speaking of grounding, <laughs> uh, speaking of grounding, we need for the benefit of our podcast listeners to spell out at least one spot where they can find you, and I guess yes. that would be your Psy Energist website because that's your shortest address anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's easy. It's your shortest one. Okay. Um and it's just Psy Energist P S Y N E R G I S T dot com. And uh that's short for certified psychic energist. Which is how we got in trouble with all the callers waiting for readings tonight. But <laughs> I, I I really apologize folks. I've I i got nothing against on air psychic readings. It's just we just generally don't do that. We may need to put that like in the description of our show, the main on our show page. We don't do boyfriend dead relative questions. Oh, wait, I mean uh, we don't do on air psychic readings. <clears throat> we've had some. We, we've had. But some, if, if someone did want a psychic reading from Carrie, how would they contact her? That would be at psyenergist dot com. Mm-hmm. List of services. All right. Like good stuff, and. Um, we will, of course, on the archive on on uh, our website. We'll have links there, links to our blog, Facebook page, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, so if you're having trouble finding scienergistus.com, just come to everydayconnection.me because it's all about me, no matter which one of us me's is reading that. <laughs> and it'll be right there. Absolutely, it will. So we make it available. We have yes. We have people coming. We have peeps. We do. We do. We have uh, Angela Mandato returning ah, to tonight. Um, Nate, some to, miracles. Right, resonating miracles. Still resonating miracles, and taking people to Peru to walk about in the jungle and uh, connect with spirit. Um. Or source or self or whatever you want to call it, yep. and uh, then we have uh, Shauna Holm. Pick a name, any name. I've never seen my name spelled like that before. S H O N A H. That's very cool. That's it is Irish very spelling. Yeah, well, I've I've seen Shauna as S E A N A. Mhm. Right. But not exactly like that. I like it. That's yeah. cool. so she's um she's an author and a I guess, um, from the USA and she's gonna be coming to talk about her journey and her experiences and her wisdoms, um, because this will be her first visit. So right. we get to ask her who on earth are you and what do you do? Right, right. And then the following week, Tuesday she's musical guest both nights. And uh for those of you that can't catch in the evening, we're gonna have a morning show. On Wednesday, it'll yeah, bringing in an author from the UK by the name of Derek Mills. So that's going to be some fun too. Yes, of course, the fun never stops. Um, and speaking of fun, Shauna and I have to give a shout out to uh, our our daughter. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> Madison, um, who who has her first girlfriend. Yay! She just poked her head out her bedroom. <laughs> All right, that's just awesome. <laughs> Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Yes. Yes. 
daughter has her first girlfriend, so that's exciting. And she was so excited oh. that she had to poke her head out and tell us during the show. Look, the dogs are getting excited, too. Everyone's excited. Everybody's, Everybody's excited. excited. Well, that's a very exciting, energetic thing, you know. Yeah, it is. It's it a big is. deal. Very, very cool. Awesomeness. What a way to awesome. what a way to end off a broadcast with news like Happy that. News. Yeah. 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 Happy people. Somebody commented that on the picture of myself and my father that's on my Facebook. They said, "Oh, happy people." Like, <laughs> well, I wanted to comment back. Well, we try. I, what? Exactly. <laughs> sure. Happy people. Never seen okay. a happy. <laughs> shortage of the happy no. people? Apparently. Some people's world, there is a shortage. And apparently, yeah. yeah, they're everywhere I look, you know, and awesome <laughs> people, too. Just like uh, our friend Carrie. Thanks so much yeah, again for spending your evening with us. And, uh, she wants to introduce her album. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, it'll be, it'll be one of those self published items, you know, for the. Friends and close fans, you know, <clears throat> not really, and not really looking to start a recording career. Just you know, gonna share. I did it my oh, well. <clears throat> we'll sing that one on there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So we had a lovely time. Oh, it was wonderful. So, likewise, yep, yep. ladies and germs, peeps, join us tomorrow night, and until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Juicy sizzling steak, hand-tossed original dough, a four-cheese blend, and Papa John's creamy signature Philly sauce. It's like the best cheesesteak sandwich ever, but way better, because it's on a pizza, which means you can share it. So show some brotherly or whateverly love and get yourself one today. Right now at Papa John's, get a large Philly or any large specialty Papa John's pizza for just 12 bucks. Yes, 12 bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. At participating U.S. stores, prices may vary. Tax and tip and fee extra.